Welcome back to this week's episode of Roman and Rhodes Seize the Day. Ooh, somebody's got a message there. Is that, that me? That was you? you. I gotta turn off my suck. phone. I'm Roman. And I'm Rhodes. <clears throat> this week on the podcast, we are reviewing and Seize the about Day. It. Yes, it is Seize the Day. I got it right this time. Last week I messed up on the on the, the title of the podcast. But I'll this never week, forget. An elephant never forgets. Moo. We're talking Joker this week. We saw it this past weekend, and we have some thoughts. We're going to review it. Uh, the first half of this podcast, we're going to do some non-spoilery talk about it. And then halfway through, we'll let you know uh, when spoilers come in, because we don't want to spoil anything for the audience. If you haven't seen it yet, go watch this movie, though. I'm going to say, first off, go see the movie. Anyway. You should know that Roman drinks room temperature soda, and it's fucking disgusting. I think less of you as a person for that. I've always drunk room temperature soda. Even my mom would get mad at me for that. That's bad. You're a bad person. How is it bad? Drinking soda in itself is bad. I'm supposed to be off soda too. It's like so. drinking soda out of a a shoe. I mean, you can do it, but you're not doing. You're 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 going. You're defying societal norms too much. Wait, Speaking so of societal said- norms, <laughs> we now move into the Joker. All right, so I got to see it twice this weekend. You saw it once. We saw it together the second time I saw it. Yeah. Uh, first impressions. What did you think about it? Um, I have to say, whenever you say you watched it twice, yeah. part, I know most people would say, oh, it's because you liked it so much. My first thought is, it's like, A, you, you didn't understand it the first time, and then you told me why, and it's like, it's, yeah, it's pretty much because you don't understand it the first time. But it is a, uh, it can be a bit of a confusing movie because yeah. – uh, I don't know who you would say is your what perspective you're seeing it from, but it is and it isn't a definitive origin story for the Joker. And I one reviewer said that there was like in the comics, you know, they present multiple choice answers for like you know why what? the Joker is, why he is. Okay. And I think you get that you get answers in this can, story, but you can also be like those answers. Let's rephrase it then. No first impressions. That's a that's a weak way to bring it in. Let's just talk about what it is okay this movie the joker it is in reference to batman's arch nemesis but it's not connected to any of the prior movies it's not connected to any of the ones afterwards so far at least it's just a a separate character kind of piece yeah the the guy's um origin is i think there might have been one comic that it referenced it in but it was like a stand no 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 it's a different one than that the killing joke has a way different origin this one is uh it's from a different one that Frank Chris brought up the killing joke, different origin. This one was, I forgot what the fuck it was called and I don't care, but it was also a standalone story uh-huh. that didn't, uh, everything that happened before and after didn't connect to any of the other Batman storylines. Killing joke, uh, afterwards did have repercussions. That was like, um, it was an event piece in a series, but oh, it wasn't okay. a beginning and an end. Okay. This guy is pretty different. The makeup's different. His origins. Really yeah. different. It's literally like, um, Uh, somebody decided to take the character of Batman and said, okay, I want a guy and he was born in a different country and it's a different character with a different name. And he just really takes the vaguest thing of there's a vigilante who fights crime at night in his city because he saw his parents die. Boom. And that's like, just took the minimalist part. The only thing they took from the Joker is, or I should say, well, just the name, the, really, the I, name, and the yeah. fact that he he's in Gotham, like a, he's in Gotham, and paints himself up like a clown, and has a the, relationship with the, the Waynes. Yeah, 
and it's like those are the barest elements like we're yeah. not cutting things out that's the main story you don't need to watch anything from any of the dc comic book movies at all to appreciate this as a movie slash film slash we have finally decided this is true cinema <laughs> this is you cinema. are wrong there What's are that, james cameron who's the one who made uh, that martin scorsese, martin scorsese. You're scorsese. About his comments because recently about the marvel movies this uh took a lot of inspiration from one of scorsese's movie the king of comedy pretty good film in itself too and which we reviewed I, last week on i guess the they podcast. asked him why is like what do you think about it and he's like oh it's not comic book movies can't be cinema well he was talking this specifically cinema. about the marvel cinematic oh, movie marvel. cinematic universe you movies. know why because dc gave uh probably gave him a little money like hey we know I, this looks like your your movie here take a couple hundred grand oh great dc's the best well his producing partner produced uh joker and he was originally attached as an executive producer. But the, the comments that he made about the, in terms of Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think the whole interconnectedness of the movies, he he, he referenced that they were uh, more akin to uh, um, Rollercoaster Ride Roller Coaster Amusement, Amusement Park, Park rides. Yeah. Which I kind of get. Uh, I mean, there's been this whole hubbub now. And uh, people are thinking, oh, what's he going to think about Joker, this or that? Oh, hubbubbly. Yes. Hubbubbles. Uh I mean, I think he's 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 uh, he can have his opinion on that. He can and take as a his filmmaker. and chew it somewhere else. <laughs> uh, I think I, I haven't heard his reaction, Scorsese's reaction to Joker. And like we said, it's basically if you if you listen to our podcast last week, where we talk about King of Comedy. It's basically taking plot elements of King of Comedy, but throwing in Taxi Driver's mm-hmm. Travis Bickle into the character instead Perfect. of Rupert Pumpkin. Mm-hmm. The taxi driver from Taxi Driver, they take the main character. The king from the King of Comedy, they take the plot. Almost exactly. Oh, yeah. Almost exactly. And there's a lot of references to other Scorsese movies. Well, like King of Comedy, like Taxi Driver. Uh, very, It's very enrooted. Joker is very enrooted in 70s cinema. But yeah. the one thing I liked is director Todd Phillips, who we've previously mentioned, he directed the Hangover movies. He directed old school whole bunch of comedies. Uh, this is his first like big drama thriller. Movie. You know, people are talking about how uh, this was a bit of a a far right kind of uh, incel type of love letter, and I could it's see not. it because the, a lot of his Scorsese films in general, which this is inspired by, always have that character who just can't win with women. And, and honestly, that's because they're self-destructed pieces of shit, which incels would like sympathize with. And because they are outcasted from society. Admittedly, it's because they have huge character flaws that they yeah. refuse to change. Because instead of saying, this is something I need to work on, they've decided to say, Joker especially in this movie, is that this is a thing that defines me. And I, Well, I think you can definitely take that that interpretation away from the movie if that's what you're looking for i wasn't I looking for it i found it i don't think the filmmakers are approaching it that way but oh, I, sure. I think that's what makes it a good movie actually a good movie but have you seen the they've talked about you, you you've seen that quote where they uh it was a some class and uh it was about literature and the professor said what is the author mean in this situation yeah and the guy said he means this not that or he didn't mean anything and the professor said no he meant this and then the guy said well i'm the author and that's not what i meant now here's the thing there's a huge thing about well what it means isn't necessarily what the author wanted it to mean 
That might have been something what you were saying, but that's not what anybody took away from it. You're always going to take away your own interpretation yeah. from any kind of art. I agree with that. Um, but I mean, there's also the huge, it's always going to be colored by the events of the era. You know, it's, uh, yeah, you always, yeah. that, that, the area there. that it's and made you could in, still, and that's, what's going on yeah. with, personally with the, the artist. And, I mean, more so, I, I mean, more in a, I'll admit I'm coloring it with a broad stroke uh-huh. of it's, I mean, we know he was directly influenced by the whole, um, this guy, we're specifically he, talking about Joker here then, right? Joker that, okay. was the author and I am applying it to a broad stroke to a lot, to pretty much every director being influenced by the world that they're in. Yeah. He straight up the the director of Joker said this movie was in response to PC culture, which is funny that he says that because I don't get that from the fucking film at all. At the end, uh, not to get into too, too much that spoilers, but bit. Joker's speech at the end when he's talking to uh, De Niro's character, I kind of felt that because he, 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 there's a line that says society is uh, deems what is funny and not funny. Yeah. I kind of got that, that as a from jab. That one yeah. line, though, which he seemed to have like almost hung his whole film on, that one line, which is funny. It fits perfectly into the movie and at that time, and I would not have pulled it out as saying this guy is talking about PC culture. Mm-hmm. Were it not for before the movie came out, the director said, this is my you know farewell to comedy because you can't be funny in these times. And the whole movie is about kind of a guy who's having trouble being funny. The whole thing with the Joker yeah. is he's trying, basically, broad overview, um, the you tying in mental illness with comedy is that the Joker... The character, mm-hmm. um, he has a mental illness. Yes. And apparently it's preventing him from being happy. Also, just as general, I guess because it's not letting him achieve the things in his life. It's holding him back, but he can't be happy. But he wants to be so badly that, you know, that's what's made him go into comedy. And that's what made him take a job as a clown uh, for, like, parties. And, uh, like, he's one of the guys who holds up signs in yeah. front of stores and stuff. He works for an old company that sends clowns out. And it starts off with him putting on makeup and literally forcing his face into a smile. You take that as a huge commentary. It's the opening on shot, things. and that so, tells you so much. Exactly. Oh, I lost my point because you fucking interrupted. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. So oh, overall, just, overall, did, did, I have to stop it there? Yeah, go ahead. But I was just fucking with it. It's, I don't. Yeah. You made me feel like I was being extra mean to you right there. Yeah. But um, all right. If I can try and tie it back into there, the Oh fuck, man! I really did have a point there, and I really did lose it. All right, so I was talking about how he um, he works for a uh, he's himself he, to be funny. He, yeah, because he's not happy. Yeah, he wants. And uh, all right, so I guess connecting that to the way uh, the director of um, Joker has made a bunch of movies that have aged poorly in the Me Too era, and whenever you're say less like you know he's got a racist characters in there, he's got homophobic I would characters agree with in that, there, yeah. and it's his way of saying uh, he's probably been getting a lot of shit. Personally, I haven't heard of it as much of it publicly, but I'm sure people in Hollywood are like, oh, we can't make we couldn't make that movie today. We can't make it now. And it's probably been irritating him that a lot of his movies were super freaking popular. He did old school, right? Yeah, old school. And obviously the hangover movies. School for scoundrels. And those are all super, you know, boy, like very heavy 90s, 80s vibe about boys will be boys type things. Yes. Very childish. I'd Very inspired by the 80s. 80s comedy. Very fun. I thought. Did you have a deep throbbing point that you needed to get across about no, this? No, I was just thing? I was going to ask so you believe that overall that that was if if you say like uh, you didn't really get that from the movie about his 
like screw you to PC culture. Uh, what did you get from the movie? Like what you thought was the kind of the overall message then? If any, or I mean, uh, very forward is that basically it's our society's inability to deal with people with mental illness. And that, yeah. And that's what a lot of people are talking to about. I mean, talking about in the reviews. And I mean, it does take that. That's the main thing. That's in the my main opinion. thing. You have to be like, he's a mentally ill person who's aware of it. Who's yeah. doing his best to get help. Um, he goes through the whole thing. He gets on medication. He's talking with a the therapist or social worker. Yes. He's trying his hardest and through no fault of his own. This one truly is through no fault of his own without spoiler alerts or spoilings. All of that gets taken away. All of his support network gets taken away. His mother's health and all that other stuff is taken away. The whole thing about them living in a really bad situation, uh-huh. well, just like, you know, real poor, is uh, there's no social networks. There's no, and, yes. you know, that there's nothing to help them. Society is basically uh, really kind of, it's showing that society is pretty it's a much broken talk, society. It's a broken society. And it does like, throw a lot of that. It really does on, you know, um, basically, it seems like it limps it a bit into rich people, but the whole thing, our society is bad society bad and it no help the sick people that's what i thought what about you yeah well so, uh, someone else put it uh they 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 mentioned that the way they saw it was like it's about a broken man in a broken society and i think that clearly defines what the movie is because and they said you know any other movie you'd see a broken man but in a well put together society that can help some like i would assume like a movie like uh rocky or one of those like underdog movies where you see someone who is broken but they're able to fix themselves or you see a a movie about a person who's good but the society around him is bad so it's either he has to influence a society here it's truly kind of like taxi driver more so than king of comedy it's a broken man in a broken society and what does it yield the joker maybe a little bit of fight club yeah i would agree with that fight club yeah that kind of vibe he uh, never develops like a split personality or nothing like you, the path you would think he would go down. It really is just he's high level social misunderstanding. He doesn't it's understand coming how people into work or his react. own true identity as the yeah. Joker. Basically, him accepting that he's not going to understand how people work or react. And yeah. the worst thing for him in his mind is trying to conform to those things instead of just doing his thing. Was the movie. Did it go where you thought it was going to go? Because there's some kind of little bitty twists and turns throughout the movie. I will. I, I believe I said it before. Not on this podcast, obviously. Uh, I conversation. expected exactly where it was going. I had it. This will happen. This will happen. This will happen. Or this will happen. I was not expecting all of that to happen at the end. Basically, everywhere, different direction I picked for it to go. It took all of those routes. It surprised me in some of the choices that they made, but in the in the best Tell way me. possible. Are we at the halfway point? Can we talk about spoilers? Not now? yet. Well, um, not quite. Not quite. Uh, overall, I'm assuming we all liked it. I know a friend of ours who went to see it with us. He said he's still forming still processing it. Hey, I don't know. I don't Glenn know. Glenn Beck know how to said he that. was processing it too. Yeah. Uh, it is a deep movie. It's a weird movie. It is a very it's weird movie. Doesn't, it has a quote-unquote protagonist who is not an anti-hero, despite what it was promoted in the movies. He is just a flawed character. It is very much a story piece. And you see the he's the main character, but I don't know if I'd call him the protagonist. He definitely is what moves the story ahead, which I guess in the vaguest terms is what it is. But he is neither anti-hero nor hero nor villain. He's not even... It's This is not the story 
of a villain or even a, it's not certainly not the story of a supervillain and not really a villain either. He was just like, he's a crazy, the worst part about it. Uh, the thing that really emphasizes what's going on is that it wasn't Joker was so twisted that he became the Joker. It's that society, it's was, 100% society created him. It had to be the mashing up of him as his character with his uh, mental illness and his brokenness merging with the society because Gotham is very much split down the middle of, yeah, New York. It is New York, Boston. There's uh, any massive city where the rich people have to walk next to the poor people. Very rich and the then the very poor. And homeless and mentally ill. And that yeah. And then the, there's that. a garbage strike. There's super rats. Yeah. This is all stuff that's set up pretty early on in the movie. And it's a very dirty, grimy. Should we clarify? City. You don't see any super rats. It's just that you a do in thing. a few shots in the background. Oh, how big were they? They were pretty massive rats. Oh, yeah. I saw them uh, the second time watching. It was when I saw oh. it, uh, was able to try to get in some more did, details. The they have viewing. tiny red capes. They did not have tiny red capes. You think we should go back and watch to see if we see like any like things falling out of the sky at certain scenes? Like, there's Superman, like uh, like his a uh, ship landing, <laughs> something. Oh, that that'd be. I don't know how I'd feel if there was really something like that. I doubt that there's anything like I that. I doubt it too. But there funny. is a lot of references to the comics, though, and to like in jokes inside uh, Easter eggs for many. comic. You, did you, did you pick up on any of those? Mm, not really. No, I was looking for stuff, but at the end of the day, it's like, eh, I'm not gonna be that guy. I'll wait for it to pop up on the internet later. Yeah. Like whenever they showed a file real quickly, and then they zoomed into the parts that you need to know. Mm-hmm. I know I can go online later, and somebody's took a picture of it it zoomed in and like found the address to the person who wrote with that typewriter back in 1984 <laughs> tell I'm me sure there's gonna be some ego eye viewers that are gonna dive really deep into that Fuck it. i'm i'm really excited i have a lot of theories about the what i think the ending will be i'll talk about after the spoiler break but uh can you tell us now what did you notice in there that was a reference uh, there's thing? some that are kind of spoilery so i'll, I'll save them they have arkham asylum it looks like a regular hospital. It's not. Well, it's, not super... it's not. It's Arkham State Hospital. In this oh, movie, not Arkham Asylum. So there's. Oh, maybe there's a different one then. Maybe they still. Like, well, yeah, they definitely. Wasn't well, that how it started in the comics? So that Arkham was a state hospital and became an asylum. But it's just right in the middle of the city. It's not like on an island surrounded yeah. by a moat, an, I- an island with a moat around the island, not the castle, the island, <laughs> a moat around the freaking island. Around an island. Tell me, what, what do you know? No, I was gonna ask. Oh wait, sorry. I know, I apologize to cut you off. Was it was or was it not the guy who was handling the files in the Arkham State Hospital? Yeah. Was that not also the guy who took care of Hannibal Lecter in the Red Dragon movie and uh, no Barney? It was not Barney? No. The actor or the, the actor. character? Not the character. No, but the actor is, uh, what's his name? Is it the guy from uh, Get Out? No. 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 I know the actor. Oh shoot! Oh, wow. I know I've seen him in something recently. Oh, I think he was in Atlanta. Atlanta, that's where he's from. Yes. yes yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. I like him in Atlanta. Check oh, out Atlanta. I need to watch that show. I would love to watch that show. You would enjoy it, possibly. Um, I was so gonna wait. say. So talking about like the way Gotham is interpreted in this movie, this is a very realistic movie. There's like more like so I than said, any of them. Yeah, even more so than the Christopher Nolan. There's no, yeah, Batman there's no movies. special. Nobody has weird technologies. Nobody's like fighting unrealistically good. It's just like if you get jumped by four people, you're gonna get stepped on. One, uh, how did you like that interpretation of uh, of 
Gotham of this superhero world. Do you think it worked? It worked for me. I he, loved it. I he, completely loved this interpretation. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of the original comics. I'm talking about back in the day when Batman shot people. <laughs> God. And Wait, that, yeah, the golden age, right? Yeah, golden. Um, I, I told a fan of the show that we would talk briefly yeah. about um, what the donkey lady's preferred gun would be. Okay, so we're going back to episode one that we talked about donkey lady. All the way back to episode one. Let, let's let's hold off on that. We will, we will touch that right before the break. Uh, but and one of the other questions I was going to ask uh about the interpretation of gotham um damn slipped my mind damn it what was the point i was gonna make an interpretation of gotham uh interpretation oh for for me the for me, making Gotham like so realistic, it made the whole story of Joker and the violence that's in this movie. It's not as violent as I think people might expect. When the violence hits, it hits hard. But it made it more scary, this interpretation, yeah. making it so realistic. How do you scar- feel about that? Yeah, I, I, I could see that because because it was not over the top and it felt so much more real. You just needed a guy on the ground getting kicked by people. And you felt his pain because it's the closest to empathizing with somebody getting beaten up in a fight than you could ever have. Even even non-bloody violence, it felt scary. They showed afterwards like bruises on his back and it's like, yeah, it's like that's realistic. That's what made it much more unsettling for me. I wasn't watching. Also, too, I have to say, you know, it has to do with the casting and what, what he did like with losing all the weight. Seeing Christian Bale limp around with uh kane a little while after i watched him beat up 13 guys you know it's like ah i guess um watching joaquin phoenix you know get stomped on by a bunch of uh like late teens early 20 guys yeah and then like him taking off his shirt and seeing how skinny and frail and sickly he looks yeah i definitely feel for that guy it's so easy to empathize he looks physically so sympathetic so harmless almost because he's so he just looks sick he looks like a sickly person yeah overall uh his uh his performance do you think everybody's been saying he's gonna win awards it's award worthy at least the only award the only award i would say that i don't believe he any of the actors or the film itself deserves Mm -hmm. is a raspberry what? They do not deserve the Raspberry Oh, they do, don't deserve the Raspberry Yeah, okay. you, I was building that up perfectly. <laughs> Scared me for a second. Um, One thing that did annoy do, me was the, all you, the masks. They use a lot of clown masks. They do use a lot of clown masks. That's the exact masks. same one. That being said, I think it is probably a mask from the era that would have been super easy to come across. I guess I'm so used to seeing the purge where everybody gets a super customized <laughs> slipknot quality mask. But it makes more sense because yeah. the whole idea is that everybody... Went to the is, dollar store is so poor they could just go. I yeah, can't go to the dollar store. They're, they're all unifying tree. the crowds, you know, trying. It was to, their uh, guy Fox masks. Exactly. Their their four chan hacker masks. Could you have seen any other actor doing this interpretation of the Joker in this movie? Yes. Who? Um, I don't know their names, <laughs> but you I know what they them. are. Um, the guy who played Scarecrow. 
from the other the last Ooh, scarecrow actor. Yeah. And have you seen him lately? He's uh his hair's gray. Peaky slightly. Blinders, right? Peaky's Blinders. What's he from? Isn't that a British show or movie? Or it's, yeah, movie? it's a BBC show, I believe. Is he British? He's uh, Scottish. What? Is he Scottish I've or Welsh? I've never heard his accent. Yeah. I have never heard him with an accent. I heard somewhere though that his character in Peaky Blinders, Peaky Blinders, yeah, uh, smoked like over a few thousand or hundred, a few thousand herbalist cigarettes because he doesn't actually smoke. Oh, really? But I do believe he could pull off that performance. It wouldn't be exactly the same, but he could have make me feel all those emotions the same way. Um, so, well, you know, know other what? actors too. He and that actor, I haven't seen him in a role kind of like this. I think he, he you, needs to do something. Have like you seen uh, what's the one? The one with um. Uh, it's got Wolverine's actor, who's name I forget, and Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman and his daughter gets kidnapped. Star. Oh, circles. Uh, prisoners. Human? Prisoners. Have yeah. you seen it? Yes. Okay. It's a really good the, movie. The the red herring in that movie. Yes. Gets tossed up against the wall. Yes. Him and Jake Gyllenhaal. <gasps> Doing Joker. Doing Joker. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Her dripping too. But yeah, definitely oh. the guy who played the red herring. I won't spoil it for you because it is a fine movie. He too. He's a would group. be great. He, you do do you know? Okay, now now that you're saying these actors, see, I'm good at picking stuff, right? <laughs> Here's Except the thing: women. <laughs> oh no, don't say that. You know, you know, I'm great at picking women. They're bad at picking men. <laughs> Let's be fair. Welcome to Roman Rhodes Talk Relationships on this podcast. Uh, Roman Rhodes sees the day relationships. <laughs> That's the future of podcast. Uh, That's a president of this podcast. Did you, talk, is, right, did you not right. see the conversation I was having yes, earlier? Yes, what I was did. it? How how did it go? Um, it's like, uh, let me ask you. Um, I was like, I was talking about. All right, let me just get to know you a little bit better. I just wanted to ask, and before I could finish, <laughs> stupid question: Are you afraid of roaches? She asks me, and I was like, Oh fuck! I guess we'll find out because I'm apparently a skank. Um, I was going to say one of the things I told you. Before we saw it, before you saw the movie, before you saw Joker, uh, before I saw it the second time, after I had seen it, the ending sets it up perfectly where I, that's like the ultimate version of Batman that I want to see in this world. See, that's what confused me when you told me about it. Oh, really? It, to me, implied the way you phrased it was that Batman somehow was more involved in this world when the Waynes are very barely in it, but... Now I understand They're what you're saying. Parts. Just to clarify, if yes. anybody has the same misunderstanding of what Roman is saying as I did, Go ahead. he means with this kind of Joker in this world, what would Batman look like in this world? And hoping that it would be as provocative and intriguing as Joaquin Phoenix's The Joker. Yes, exactly. Because I remember, grew up with the Tim Burton Batman. I loved it. I even watched the 60s Batman. Loved that. Batman is my favorite comic book character of all time. And when we went into the Christopher Nolan movies, Batman Begins blew me away because I wasn't expecting much of it because we didn't know much of it before we saw it. When it came to The Dark Knight and we're going to see Batman versus Joker, I was I love the movie. I really appreciate the movie. But I was expecting something different and it didn't it didn't meet meet that level. Of, I guess what I was expecting. But it's okay. Not all movies do that. I still love the movie. It wasn't bad. But the way Gotham, the way the world is set up, the way Thomas Wayne's character is set up in this movie, like this is the ideal version of Batman that the in this world that's set up in Joker. The Batman that would exist in this version of Gotham 
I think is the, the ideal Batman that I want to see on screen. Like this is the best ground to grow yes. the Batman plant you like. Like you had it like oh I had this delicious fruit when I was a child, but you moved and the soil is not the same. Exactly. Find, That's a great I need the soil. I need this is the soil. Like when you dig into it and you smell, like this would make the most delicious tomatoes. You look at this movie and you think the fruit that this has shown me in Joker. I would like to see its quality in a Batman. And I think I know what it would look like. But I have to turn it back and say, Mm -hmm. with uh, Nolan Joker, the last one, Heath Ledger's, great performance. I think a lot of people... I really enjoyed it because my every time I watched it, I lowered my opinion about him. I I was pretty good about dropping my... uh, What is it? uh, Expectations before a film. And I drop them hard with uh, Batman's because after after Bill seeing the Dark Knight, well. I have dropped yeah. my expectation of movies and been <laughs> surprised. It's it always pleasantly. helps out to like have no expectations with yes, anything you do. But um, I really appreciated the Joker. That was a real edgy twist that I liked. I think a lot of people got the wrong message. A lot of people get this nihilistic message because they fall in love with Joker's right, forgetting the main part, showing that Joker is wrong. Yeah. The, the whole thing with the, the two boats and the switches, the one who should have been the most likely to say, hey, let me do it. Um, the criminal's boats. The prisoner's boats, yeah. just He's the one who threw it out. And the other boats didn't see that. So they showed that the prisoners should have been the worst of society. They were like from Arkham's sane asylum part or whatever. <laughs> um, that he, they were saying, no, we don't even need to consider this. Yeah. And the people who were the regular folks who had the option of killing the prisoners say, we can't. Even though they're prisoners, they we can't. They thought about it more. They did think about it more. But, but ultimately, yeah, because other guys came to the conclusion first. But ultimately, even though they didn't throw it out, they put it back and said, even with everything here, we we, we can't become this. And Joker was fucking wrong. That is what they the point that everybody misses about that movie, I think. And the Batman that would come out of the Joker Gotham is going to look like Boondock Saints. Ooh. That's what I think. Closest to it, Very at least. similar, yeah. Very, very similar or closest to that. Are one of those I'll, style movies. It would basically be a vigilante style movie, like all of that. All of them with a mask and saying, yeah, you know, like it. I, I hope I hope that uh I could see that you yeah. know what Pennywise takes him like we have to go back to England but they're like you Alfred know what Pennyworth, Pennyworth. Pennywise I don't give a shit <laughs> oh man did you know they're making that into a TV show too it looks yeah. dumb as fuck I've heard it's actually pretty good but oh, I'm sure it's good it. but I'm sure it's still dumb as fuck but um, <laughs> they're yeah. like it's like this is not his character tone it down yeah. uh go back to England and then you know what I forgot I got family in Ireland boom and then just have him get cat have him get played by oh, yeah. Have, have him, have him, have him like come Rates back, yeah, Bruce Yes, shut up, and you know you'd love it. I love it. You know yes, teach I'm him clapping. the ways. I'm he, clapping because I love the he's idea. He's not gonna teach him kung fu. He's like, I'm gonna teach you how to win in a street fight. Against, Here's a gun against ten gypsies at once. <laughs> and those yes. skills, those skills he takes back in, and then they get the guy who is uh, what is it, the Boondock Saints, who's in uh, Walking Dead now. I forget his name. Oh yeah, What's boom, his name? he's Batman now. And I'm in love. I could see him as a Batman. In as world. the Batman from that universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, what would you say Batman would look like coming out of that Joker's Gotham universe? Oh, without. Should you want to I save could, it to afterwards so that way you I, could yeah, get spoilery? Yeah, I mean, there's some stuff with the Thomas Wayne, how he's presented that I think would be a little bit spoilery that we can dive in. But I would say it would be a much more grounded, realistic. 
enthusiastic. I, I, I think it would be much more a Batman who starts off very, very dark yeah. and really vigilante, but then turning in to a hero. I wouldn't expect Batman to live long in a, in, in this you know, Gotham. It would be like the, I think he yeah. would like in the Dark Knight Rises, how he had to yeah. die to to save the city. Yeah. I fully expect that. I could see it being more like how Bruce Wayne was at the very first Batman movie mm-hmm. where he was just straight looking for vengeance, staying there. Which, which oh, uh, Batman Begins? Batman Begins, yeah. Okay. yeah. Where it's, uh, you know, he just wants to kill the guy who killed his yeah. mom. And then, like, there's that whole thing. That would be the at least the whole first movie with that. He's like, you know what? I uh, These guys were all criminals, and it'll focus more on, like, beating up poor people. Like, th- these guys are all participated and you know the riots that got my mom and dad killed i'm gonna beat them up all. i'm gonna beat them all up because yes. they're pieces of shit like all right i'm not gonna kill them because my parents don't want me to kill but i'm gonna beat the fuck out of them and i'm gonna post like a little note on them leave them in front of the police department and be like hey this business owner here it's like he's also a criminal and he you know was part of the riots like he starts off with just dealing with his shit and then realizing it's not enough to seek justice for myself because it's not justice that's vengeance but if i could like basically doing uh you know his own thing of like the cops aren't um gonna help yeah i i I could see this uh, batman in this world and the cops getting the 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 horror elements of being batman and and pushing war war. it'd be like uh death uh was it death shot was that movie in the 70s uh um death wish that was a death wish. Uh, the one where like that guy, if there was like three of them, and he was like a real old dude. He was like killing gangsters who killed Charles his Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson's yeah. character was it Death Wish. Death Wish, yeah. Yeah, like Death Wish. Death Death Wish, yes. Yeah, because there's be, like, yeah. Death Wish. I think it'd be like Death Wish if it was in that universe. More than likely, yeah. More ish with less gun, maybe or or more gun. I'm trying to think of a Scorsese or a 70s cinema movie. That would fit it, and it's kind of That would fit hard. kind of a Batman, but I can't think of one. Oh, man. Because uh, huh. I wouldn't see it a almost very a count- action-y movie. Something either Count Monte Cristo style or almost like Sweeney Todd, but with less murder. Sweeney Todd makes with- much more sense. Huh? Uh, not not story-wise, not style-wise. But somehow but, but it somehow, does fit yeah. of like, this would be this guy coming in and being like, here is my list of people that were mean to me. And my billions of dollars are no longer a comfort. I've been alive for longer than I knew my parents, but I'm still butthurt about it. Yeah. All right. So uh, I think we're going to get to spoilers after a break. But before the break, you want to say about the donkey lady's gun? That, yeah. Who, who asked about this? A uh, friend of the show, Stephen, possibly Ray. Hello, Stephen. How are you? Thank he, you for listening to the podcast. And now you might say, that's ridiculous. But keep in mind, that bridge mm-hmm. on the south side, next to a bridge, pretty shady area. I feel like she'd be able to pick up a gun. And why? Why would they not? Why would it, Why do they always show a monster? It's to be scary. To okay. be scary, but in realism she wants to kill you if she did she doesn't just want to bite you or fight you maybe if she's a physical creature she has physical limitations maybe she does still have the body of a woman boom somebody tossed a gun down there i'd say it's most likely <laughs> going to be a glock or a rusted revolver of some type so steven have basically wanted us wanted our opinion on what gun the donkey lady would have i won't say he wanted it so much as somehow i promised he it. it no not really oh okay i don't remember how i got into this 
But no, I think it's a logical thing. If they are real beings and they do have some semblance of in- intelligence. Okay. Gun or weapon? Gun. Okay. But a weapon would make see, sense as much sense. Old... We're all freaking weapons. I why? S- okay, here's my thing. Yeah. Why do some, uh, why do we find with aliens having laser beams? Why do some things have like cannons or what is it? Even Thor had a hammer. But if he was ca- invented in modern times, he'd have a fucking gun. The weapons that, is, that yeah. they give them are set up for what they have at the time. Um, think about like all like there's saints of like that you know they went into battle they had swords or they had arrows, yes. right? It's yes. not because they're like this is such a cool stylistic choice. It's because those weapons were what were used at the time and they were the most effective killing tools. So we're saying that the donkey lady would have a gun because I, uh, around that I'm time, saying if she wanted to kill the story was set that's the she could have had a, i'm not saying that she died with them. i'm saying that if she is intelligent enough to be like um like if she's active enough to interact with people uh-huh and she does have a human mind why would she not pick up a gun why that's does a that good question i guess and i think about it to, to fit into like modern cinema they, they clearly want to kill people but it's like pick up a gun that is also scary you know what's scarier scary here's the thing all right, whenever it's humans, they're fine with them picking up a gun, but they, they use knives because they want to be scary until they start getting shot. Then they realize, I got to pick up a gun. But then they have monsters that are have human intelligence, but they're just running around trying to scratch and eat people, but also lay really complicated traps. And not one of them stops to say, what's scarier than aliens from aliens than an alien with a gun? Like an actual have them, gun. Yeah. It was because remember they, they're smart enough to like open doors and do all this shit. Yeah. Why not look down and, you know, pull a fucking planet of the apes. Suck my. Well, yeah. Planet of the apes. was scary because they were more human esque and they had the guns. They rode the horses. They had the technology. Yeah. It's That's what made them more frightening. It's in the, it's in the right place in the uncanny Valley. We'll be back. Okay, we are back from our break, and this half of the podcast, we are diving deep into spoilers for the movie Joker. So if you haven't seen the movie, uh, you might want not want to listen, but if you want things to be spoiled for you, go ahead. Uh, one of the things that I was talking about earlier before the break was my idea of how Batman would exist in this world. And now that we can spoil some of the stuff, Thomas Wayne's character is not in the movie a lot, but he does play a pretty big role. Uh, Alfred... Not Alfred. Arthur Fleck. Joker's Joker's character. Wait, Joaquin Phoenix's character. Joker's character is named, uh, yeah, Arthur Fleck. At one point, he finds out, or his mother believes, he's living with his mother in the apartment. She's always writing these letters to Thomas Wayne. And at first, the the only reference is that she's writing to Thomas Wayne, he's running for mayor. You find out in the letters, she alludes to the fact. She did used to work for him. She used to work for Thomas Wayne. 
And she's like, Wayne says all of his employees are family. And you just think that, oh, maybe she thought their relationship was closer than it was. But then. And she's expecting a handout or something. Uh, What what she says, she claims that Arthur is Thomas Wayne's illegitimate illegitimate son. In the letters only, she never tells that to Mr. Arthur Fleck Jokers. Yeah, he he gets angry about it halfway through the movie. Because uh, well, he finds she he invades her letter mails. He yes. bur- his first crime of the movie. Wasn't this after he killed the guy's people on the train? Spoiler! <laughs> yes. More spoilers. We can dive into it. Um, should we just, uh, should we so, just okay? So so the whole thing with Thomas Wayne is that Joker believes that Thomas Wayne can be his father, but then there's other uh, evidence know. that yeah. the mom's making it up because she's psychotic. You and find that, out later, yeah. and that she adopted him. So this is one Allegedly. of the things I was saying. Like there was kind of multiple answers to the origin of the Joker, where we still don't know. I mean, it's still a possibility that okay, it could be Thomas Wayne is his dad. Yeah. Or it could not be. You could take it either way. Yes. I, I'm seeing that he's probably not. See that. But Thomas Wayne is such an asshole. Yeah. In this movie, they always present him, or they predominantly present the uh, Thomas Wayne as like this kind benefactor who was like super. I'm what's making Batman Batman by being such yes. a nice dude. You can sell that. I think he is trying to help the city, but he's just being. You can sell it, but you definitely gives you that one percent vibe. Hardcore. He's entitled. Mm. And then when, uh, and so um, Arthur Fleck goes to the Wayne Manor, has this interaction with young Bruce, which is super creepy. And you kind of, I kind of got the. I could see how it would be seen as creepy. I, I yeah, and yeah. I got the idea that because of Flex character seems so weird. Anytime he's having an innocent, innocent interaction, it seems horrifying. He comes off as just being off somehow. Yeah. So uh, eventually, you see Bruce Wayne, and it kind of feels like okay, he's like this, you know, spoiled kid. Well, not a spoiled well, kid, well, but clear that up. The interaction is that he does a little clown magic for the kid. Yeah. Not like he like fondles Bruce or some shit. He just <laughs> Wait, like do pizzas people think that was that what they were inferring I from feel like comments? the way you said it was yeah. So just to clarify, he walks up to the gates, uh Bruce Wayne is playing with some shit. And uh he starts doing like a funny little clown dance as he's walking up to the fence. Bruce Wayne walks up to the fence and he does like that little uh wand trick where he turns it into a bouquet and legit creepy part where he puts a little smile on it, like he reaches through the fence, puts a smile on his face, boom. Alfred Pennyworth, Pennywise, worst, not wise. Penny, Pennywise, Pennyworth is also an a-hole. He, he's, he was the most straightforward. But now him, I see because all he saw, yes, was a man. If he'd seen the funny clown dance and the magic trick, he wouldn't have probably said nothing. And you know what? He's probably mad that damn wasn't doing my job. Um, reaching through the fence and touching the kid's face. Yeah. For all he knew, he was literally gonna grab him and run away. That is all he saw from that angle. Yeah. So, of course, he runs up and be like, no, you can't talk to Bruce Wayne. And then he gives him, when he's like, no, you have to understand. He 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 guesses right away that you're somebody's son. And that makes you think. No, no, he knows that. Oh, wait. No, uh, Pennywise. Yeah, whenever. Alfred. Pennyworth, yeah. um, But Fleck's character, Joker, he's like, I need to talk to Wayne. My name's Arthur Fleck. And as soon as he says that, he says. You're Penny's son. Yep. Right off the bat. So, you're like, oh, shit. It's true. He's his dad. And then. The evil clown from it tells him, "Hey, <laughs> we're both clowns. Isn't that weird? We got the same job. Watch me make this kid afraid of bats." <laughs> he turns into a giant bat and chases oh, him God. around. 
Spoiler alert, didn't see it coming. Uh, I was like, oh, if shit. only that was in the movie. Then all of a sudden, boom, wakes up and you're a prequel. It's like a preview for fucking Dr. Sleep. It's like, nice tie-in, King. Holy hell. Okay, that would have been the one. That but, movie uh, I would like to see. So rewind, it turns out, he says, nah, your mom's crazy. Yeah, so they say that his mom's crazy. Um, I do believe that that is the case. But you could take it either way. Well, she is crazy for sure either way. Yeah. But... Well, no, because you could say that he could have taken advantage of this mentally ill person, yes. and he seems like the type. It would fit his character. So this, and is, he also yeah. had the money and authority to make it suspect. So with this, uh, oh, it's a reverse um, Lex Luthor from Smallville making Clark Kent a legitimate adoption. There you go. In yeah, Smallville, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Basically, uh, Clark Kent, uh, you know, Superman crash lands, and all of a sudden he's just. How do they get the adoption papers? In Smallville, it shows that the crash landing um, caused Lex Luthor's helicopter to crash. The Waynes helped them out, uh, Lex Luthor and his dad, like this helped save his life. And in response... The Waynes or Superman's parents? The Kents, the Kents, Kents. sorry. Shit, I think that actually is a plot in one of the comic books, though. But in Smallville, the Kents help out the Luthers, and in exchange... uh, Luther uh, Lex Luthor's dad helps come up with paperwork saying, "Yeah, this is a kid who was adopted through one of my agencies." Boom, let it happen. Uh, it's kind of in, to show more that he's kind of a bad guy. Yeah. Let, let me just say that this kid you found is yours. But uh, sort of did a reverse that he did have the money. It would have been in the '60s if the movie set in the '70s or '50s. '80s. It's it's based. It's the Joker takes place in 1981. What I found that out. Yeah, I confirmed. Is that, that what the '80s look like in New York? That's scary. The beginning '80s. Yeah. Horrifying. Okay, so then uh, 70s, 60s would have been whenever the adoption would have taken place. A rich man definitely could have forged them papers. Oh, yeah. So, what I'm getting at, okay, so you see that Thomas Wayne's running for mayor, but then he calls the poor, or the people who are, like, opposing him. The poor people are opposing him. Clowns. Go ahead. They do it. They're doing an interview that they, uh, we talked about Joker shot three people on the subway. He did it in clown makeup, so then there's reports about killer clown on the train kills rich people um the papers are selling it actually pretty straight of like maybe it was a vigilante because they had been teasing like uh coming on to harassing a woman on the plane train Train. subway um and uh, i guess she told her story yeah they're harassing me the clown then they went to harass the clown and i guess they ended up dead and the papers are spinning it that maybe these guys were jerks uh during an interview for the mayorship Thomas Wayne is asked, hey, man, why do you think this happened? Well, because and he those said, three be- guys worked for Wayne. Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah, yeah, good point. They worked for Wayne, and that's whenever he says, yeah, they were. I didn't know them personally, but everybody in my company is like family. Also, why did this guy wear a mask? Because he's a coward. Who else would do something like But it wasn't a mask. It was a paint, but the whole thing is nobody so, knew. People say it's either face paint or a mask, but that was a clever nod to Batman because Thomas Wayne says, Whoever hides behind a mask in order to do those deeds is a yeah. coward or something. Exactly. It's like, your son's going to end up doing the exactly. same thing. Exactly. But it feeds into, well, then later he turns it into that. Oh, man, I, I forget the wording, and the wording is what makes it important. But he yes. says, it basically, yeah, there's a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of poor people don't feel like I'm helping them. But I am trying to help them. And anybody 
who thinks otherwise is just a clown. Yes. It is a slight miscuing misinterpretation of what he's saying, but he is saying it in a very dickish way that could easily be taken. I think that from, yeah, from his poor point people of are clowns. View, from his point of view, he thinks he is he generally wants to help. He just is going about it the wrong way. And at the very end of the movie, once Joker becomes the Joker, he he's able to go I mean, we're skipping a lot of plot here, but he's able to go onto the Robert De Niro is a talk show host, has a live show live with Murray Franklin, similar to uh, Jerry Lewis's character in King of Comedy has a show. He's able to go on there and he has this whole speech uh, about oh. how society shunned him. Rewind it to the reason he went on to the show was because uh, Flick, Joker, had actually gone to do some stand up. And it wasn't great. It wasn't the worst. It was very much fresh material. It was very much something I might have done because I'm starting up with stand up, and it's just hard to not be fucking awkward, man. On top of it, he, he has this first ex- time stand up. He has that thing where uh, he'll randomly laugh because of brain damage. That, that's one thing, and that is a legit thing. Uh, that's one thing we should have started with. But um, apparently, they were filming it, which a lot of late night shows do. They'll film stand up comics uh, at clubs, so that way they could. Uh, like go through it and then have a funny guy on stage. Yeah. And apparently they filmed it, but and they put him on uh Robert De Niro's show, Bobby De Niro, and they but they were making fun of it. And then they invited him to actually come on the show. And that's when it clearly they were doing it to kind of pick fun at him, but it by the time he gets there, it's like he's he's snapped multiple times. Yeah. So at the so then he ends up killing Murray Franklin live on the show. Riots ensue. Everybody like takes. He kills him. The first Jokerish kill. That's just like this is a little bit of a villain. He kills him as part of a fucking punchline. Yes. He literally. Yeah. And but not as a funny one. Not like a haha. Joker's using marbles with like laughing gas in it. It starts off as a knock knock joke. And I think it's what do you get? uh, And the funny answers was like who's there? It's like what do you get whenever? Society turns uh, all of its mind. What do you get when you mix a loner with a mentally um, ill loner with a society who doesn't care for him or something like that? Yeah, he says you get what you deserve, Pop! and he shoots, shoots him in the yeah. face. So then that but, is echoed when everybody's rioting at the end. Not a funny joke, but no. Whoa! Everybody starts to riot. And Impactful. One Scary the, that you remember it. One of the per- people who are following, or kind of in league, well, not in league, but following the Joker. He has a Joker mask on. He gets arrested right away. He gets arrested on stage um, right there. And the cops have him in the car. And it's very reminiscent of the Ledger Joker and the police car. But it's what would really be happening. The cops have him handcuffed in the back. There's nothing he could do to get out. He's just watching the riot and enjoying it. And one of the the guys goes and sees Thomas Thomas Wayne, uh, Martha Wayne, and uh, Bruce. They come out of the movie theater because they were attending a movie. Zorro the Gay Blade. Zorro the Dick Gay Blade, because in the comics... You're going to say Dick Blade. (laughs) Zorro the Gay Blade, because in the comics, they they went to see the actual Zorro, the Mask of Zorro movie, uh, before they got shot. So they escaped down an alley to try to get away from all the... All the rampaging going on. All the poor and this guy goes up to him and says, Thomas Wayne, you get what you deserve. He shoots Thomas Wayne dead. Yeah. Shoots Martha Wayne. Steals the pearls. You know, he doesn't steal them. He breaks them off. He breaks he, them off. Oh, and that's the important thing. Was that in the other uh, interpretations of it, the criminal's grabbing her necklace because he wants to steal it. 
But in this one, it's very much set up as he's still he's breaking her necklace intentionally because like rich people bad yes. is what he's trying to say. Also, he kills him using the same joke that the Joker had used, quote unquote joke. And he's also wearing one of the generic clown masks that everybody's wearing running around. My question is, is that a slight reference to the original Batman movie? The one Tim where Burton yeah, the Tim Burton Batman movie where uh, the Joker as something cool or I forgot what his name was. No, no, no. Have you ever danced uh, with the devil in the blue cold moonlight? Yeah. Uh, Pale moonlight. Jack yeah. Napier. Yeah. And the, in that one, Joker, when he was still normal, killed Bruce Wayne's parents. Is but this a reference to that? It did not happen in the comic. In the comics, it was that. Joe Chill. Yeah. Oh, so then my ref- I'm thinking maybe that's a reference to something. I, I see. I, I think that's where Todd Phillips really dived into the how we see Batman in cinema and in the mm-hmm. comics because there's a lot of references like to the, Joker the reference Nolan. to Joker mm-hmm. in Nolan's Batman where he's in the cop car. I think that is a direct you reference think, to okay, Jack so Nicholson's. Yeah. Uh, I think it's referencing everything. We can talk about where you notice some of the refer- the callbacks. Yes. But I did have one more from that exact same scene. Okay, before that guy was waiting outside the theater. Yes. The, the guy who went to shoot um, his parents, Batman's parents. Um, what was the the Batman that had... After... Before Clooney, after... Val Kilmer? Val Kilmer. Yes. Was the movie a reference to Val Kilmer's portrayal of Batman? Because he'd said that he portrayed Batman, or he felt that he was playing Bruce Wayne, at least, as a gay man in that role. Look it up. And I, 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 Zorro the Gay Blade? Yeah. I think that was just a happy coincidence that they wanted to have a, them watching a Zorro movie as a reference <laughs> to them a watching a joke. Zorro movie in the comics. And Zorro the Gay Blade is an yeah. actual movie that came out yeah. in 81. Oh, really? It I, did? Yeah. Oh, also another thing. Coincidence. Kilmer's, uh, there's a thing where Kilmer, Bruce Wayne, or Batman asks i forget the love interest wasn't it uh nicole kidman in that movie yeah dr he, chase meridian yeah, he dang you remember that I remember her name. he uh when she he says so you'll keep my secret isn't a reference only to him being batman but to him being gay i haven't seen batman forever in a while i might have to go back and <laughs> you just yeah. you missed an opportunity to say i haven't seen batman forever in forever, forever. very very <laughs> clear fun there that i completely missed so, one of the things that I, when I said that I wanted to see Batman in this world is in reference to the relationship of Thomas Wayne and the Joker and how you see Thomas Wayne yeah. as not being as pious or good-natured person. And I kind of want to see Batman having to atone for his father's sins mm-hmm. in a way of, like, really becoming the savior of the city because after Joker is unleashed onto the world and he's on TV and he c- kills Robert De Niro's character, he becomes a symbol for the oppressed, for the poor, but it's Other the wrong rest. symbol. Yeah, I can see and you that. need Batman Valid point. to become the right symbol. Yes, because even Joker is a clown, something that's supposed to be happy. Batman has to take on something dark, which is the bat, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. something frightening. And I want to oh, see that. Okay, yeah, I want to really see that, that ending. That, that is some duality and comedy right yes. there. That would be freaking real and intense. That's why I yeah. think that would be the ultimate ideal version like of that. Batman I like that. on screen to see. Batman, Bruce Wayne having to see one, okay, this crazy clown calls this thing and killed my parents. Yeah. And so dealing with that to become yeah. Batman, but then realizing maybe his dad was yeah. wasn't even his dad wasn't the proper savior for Gotham either. It could show that the father he remembers isn't the man that was exposed to the world. 
And that maybe from there he he learns that, okay, I also have to be two separate people. But I will be Bruce Wayne, the philanthropist, who would be sort of the opposite of his dad and also become Batman, this dark knight who must do crime to stop crime. That would put so much more emotional weight on Bruce Wayne's character. Uh, and I think it would be a much more satisfying. I feel like we're always Batman ignoring movie. Martha Wayne. She didn't do much in this movie. She doesn't do much in any of the movies. And I was about to say, call her Martha Kent. And it's like, no, no, no. What's her name? Martha. It's like, oh, it's a Martha. Say Martha. Did you have a dog named Bingo? My dog's name was Crypto. Oh, that's ironic because this knife is kryptonite. Apparently. <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, man. That would be an awesome twist. Yeah, I like the idea. Uh, the happy symbol is what's wrong. The, it's the whole thing between a beautiful lie and a dark truth, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Also, during that scene, whenever everybody's sort of rioting and the Joker's standing on a, taking, sitting on a car, taking in his ovation, somebody's carrying a wicker chair behind him that looks very thrownish. You told me I about really, this. I, I completely missed it. It's in the it. back scene. I really think that they were originally planned to have him put on there. Maybe. Maybe Become it's in the outtake. The crown, maybe they do that. In clown the Prince of Crime style. Yeah. But then they decided that's too on the nose. We're being realistic here. Chill. So, since we're in spoilers, like I said earlier, it the movie isn't as violent as I was expecting it to be. Basically, they're just... I mean, there's some uh, a couple scenes early on where people beat up. It's very much Joker. 90s, 80s style violence, yeah. you know? It's not super... It's not hyper-bloody, though you do see blood there's quickly. There's three scenes, major scenes of violence. Yes. One is the first uh, violent incident where Joker shoots the three businessmen well there was a beating him. up he gets stomped down he gets beat up but it's two separate times and it, it, you don't see harsh, blood though it is no harsh blood. yeah he shoots these guys one point black point blank in the face and then the other shoots one he hunts him. down and shoots them outside shoot the anyone point blank does he he, like, shoots, him, what, close? he shoots the one guy the first guy he shoots Point, shoots him in the head and he was on the ground though the other guy was standing point blank means or not to be a dick uh point blank is a reference to you're literally like within touching distance of it so him shooting from the ground to a guy who's standing up isn't point blank but oh, okay. just for clarity's sake so people understand he was on the ground being kicked yes. and in reaction to that pulls out his gun shoots one of the guys uh through the head it was just a lucky shot the other guy is kind of backing up and he still shoots him i believe from the ground and the guy falls back Yes. Joker stands up, shoots him again once more. Then he does chase another guy down who he shoots in the leg and then finally gets him outside of the train onto the stairs and does shoot him in the back while he's running away. So it starts off as 100% justifiable self-defense. The second one is very much leaning more in the manslaughter because he shot him more afterwards. And the third one was a straight up murder. But if you're in the mindset, a lot of people could justify all of them that he was just reacting to the moment and it would have been defensible if not outright morally acceptable that he could have been he would have had the right defense with his uh mental state and with the situation he was in that woman came in saying uh those men were harassing me and that he'd ha- certainly have bruises on him and you know you can tell very quickly what a shot up looks like and it, he was very much could have gotten out of that he could have especially with the mood of the people and I think that's where you you see that he is not sympathetic yeah. or empathetic because he doesn't take responsibility for it. No, what? Well, and later on, when he's he is at the at the Arkham State Hospital getting the records of his mom, he tells the guys, "I screwed up, and I hurt some yeah, people." He, yep, yep, yep. And I thought it bothered me more, but it didn't. So you know that 
he he did that in self defense, but he didn't feel bad, and I think that's what makes him a yeah. dangerous character and not a, you know a lot of yeah. people were saying before that this would encourage people to empathize with Joker because he's some kind of hero doing all this violence, but he ain't he ain't, he ain't even an anti hero. No. He is not the Boondock Saints man. He is no. not anybody in Fight Club. He is very much a damaged person. Should since we got to the whole getting the records, yeah, wanted to cover what he discovered. Why was he there again? Because she she was in the hospital already, right? No, it, it was after the confrontation with uh, Alfred, uh, where Alfred tells him your or he no. or was it after Thomas Wayne? Because right after that, it was after his mom had been in the hospital. No, 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 because he goes. Yeah, it he was his mom to, had gone to the hospital. Yeah. He met up with the cops there, who they feel like they want to cast him as unsympathetic, but the cops seem like they're doing as good of a job as they can with the technology at the time. I, I wish there was more of the cops, and I'm assuming there's some deleted material. I watch cops. it. But I feel like after that, they kind of don't quite explain why he decided to go to the mental asylum. Oh, wait, well, so he, wait, I think no, his, mom, they tell him, his mom was he, in the hospital. Then he went to go see the Waynes. He went to... Um, no, no, he, he wasn't that after he Ayers. saw... He Tom? go. He first after his mom. He finds out, or his mom tells him that Thomas Wayne could be his father. He goes to the Wayne Manor. He has an encounter with Bruce. Yes, and with uh, Alfred. And Alfred says that his mom's crazy. So then he finds out that there's a riot going on outside of uh, protest this function. A protest. a protest going outside of a function that Wayne is putting on. He goes and to there's that. It's a bunch of rich people watching Ch- uh, Charles Chaplin in a fucking museum. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like a high society kind of shit. Uh, yes. It makes you hate people for having nice things. <laughs> How dare you wear a black tie to see Charlie Chaplin fucking skating around in a museum where people go to learn about old stuff from and, your art collection? But uh, see, that was very symbolic, a very, what, very good storytelling. What to is? See. Then tell me, what is the symbology there? <laughs> symbolism. You mean symbolism? Uh, uh, that they're watching because Charlie Chaplin's character was the tramp. He's supposed to be like this poor, poor character who was put, you know, struggling in society. But he's he's able. He even though his character is poor and unfortunate, his character is bringing laughter and making the rich people happy just because they're watching it. You know, Ah, so it's pretty um. much the rich making light of the situation that the poor people are going through oh i can see that and the, they're protesting it out that makes okay Good. so so it's there at the uh, event that he meets thomas wayne thomas wayne that's where he tells him you were adopted your mom was psychotic punches joker right in the face very meanly yeah it's i have to say though mean, joker's plan uh sneak into this not very well guarded place full of rich people that has a full on protest against rich people right outside and decide as soon as he walks in, I guess it's just like, where might Thomas Wayne be? Oh, look, I happen to find him here to the right. Hope he goes to the restroom soon. Now I will follow him to the restroom. And while in the restroom, I'm going to change out of my, uh, usher outfit for some fucking reason and then confront him while he's holding his dick. So at the urinal, I think that's one one aspect of the movie that we can talk about is that at the very beginning of the movie, he's talking with his uh, social worker, psychiatrist. Unless he never had that meeting with Wayne. Here's the thing. There's some stuff that is made very blatantly clear 
that it's all in his head. Yeah, that's right. So at the beginning of the movie, he's talking with the social worker, and he mentions that he was in the state hospital prior to the movie. Beginning and of the movie. They do a quick flashback, and they show him from behind wearing a white hospital gown in a padded cell, smashing his head up against the window. Yes. Rapidly. At the very end of the movie, after all, you know, he starts all the ruckus outside in Gotham, he gets arrested, taken to Arkham State Hospital, and you see him in a very similar room. Now, here's the thing. The way he was arrested, now let me clarify, you said they took him. It doesn't show that. All it shows is him on the top. It shows the very end of the, it's Joker standing on top of a police car that had been crashed into an ambulance, driven by protesters, or at least people in clown masks, who then go look around at the cop car, pull Joker out through the window, a la Spider-Man, he's a hero, but this time it's he's a villain, be careful with him. <clears throat> Joker stands on the top of the car, people are freaking cheering, and he does his, like some weird poses, and like around, like just crazy. Dances dance. a lot it in fades to white, or transitions to white, and the next thing Fixed you know, to, yeah, yeah. he's in a very similar situation to what he'd been in earlier. He is sitting across from a social worker or a psychiatrist, and she's asking pretty similar questions, vague questions that almost could put them. You, you don't really know what she's referencing to. And I will say, I know and it looks to me like Joaquin Phoenix was had a little bit more weight on him and he looked a little bit younger in it. Now, you could say, well, they, maybe they filmed that first. But I'm thinking, yeah, they did film it first because that the ending was actually the very beginning that it was actually him. It was a sort of a, it was either a flashback of how he was before so he left the hospital. That that's another case of where because you it shows him run away, run out of there uh, with bloody footprints. Yes. You know, that's another thing you can take it. You can choose the answer you can, or see it in different ways. Yeah, interpret your own adventure, bro. Because so one of the uh, important relationships that he has in the movie is with Zazie Beetz character, who's a uh, who lives in the same apartment. What else is she in? What other movies? She was in Deadpool two. She oh, she was Domino. a Domino. Beautiful character. And I she's been in a couple other movies. She she has beautiful smile. Much. Yes, I hope she gets a lot more. She's a nice. I'm soul. sure she's going to become a big actress. Um, so uh, earlier in the she's movie, gain weight. What you think she's going to get gain weight? Oh, she's going to become a well-known actress. Uh, Let me put it that way. So, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix's character has an interaction with her in the elevator, and then. He follows her. She later on she she uh, confronts him about following her, and it's like they start flirting, and then they like start dating all of a sudden, and then you find well, out later it wasn't that, the way they presented it. That little transition where he had gone to follow her to work, which yes. is super creepy, and then he decides to turn around, and later she comes to his door, knocks on it, and says, "Did you follow me to work?" And you think he's gonna freak out again, but he plays honest, it cool. He's like, yeah. "Uh." Yeah, I did. Sorry. And she was like, well, I thought you were going to rob the place. I have a and gun. You want me to do it? And it's that's the part that seems weird because he seems like he's taking it for real. It seemed, albeit a bit strange, chill, uh, relaxed enough to have been like, okay, this could be him kind of stepping out of his shell. And every time they interacted after that, it very much could have been he, she's just a very supportive friend and he wants it to be more. It could have been could read be, yeah. that way. Be, but then, but you find out that the relationship is totally in his head. A hundred percent in the worst, most intense way. I was so confused at first. Yes. My brain didn't work until they straight up showed me that scene again that I thought was like, oh, that's a cool so, way to introduce an awkward person. He's talking to him fucking self. His mom ends up in the hospital. He that's whenever he after that's after the um, 
Thomas Wayne interaction, right? He goes home and like it's raining, and he he goes up to his apartment. Oh yeah, after he gets punched by Wayne. Yes. Uh, he goes home in the rain. Uh, it was mainly in Spain. Mainly in Spain. And in he walks to her apartment instead. Everything seems fine. He's just like touching some things, touching. That's when and I it's a bit odd. It is. Do you know what my first thought was when I, the first time I saw it? Tell me. I thought that maybe he had like had her tied up in the apartment. You know, and my, like he, I, I kind of figured at that moment, okay, the relationship is imaginary, but I didn't know to what extent. You know what I had thought? What do you think? I thought that when he was walking in and everything looked kind of different, I thought it was going to show that the apartment he lived in was actually oh. different. It was like torn yeah. apart and it turned out he was still lit. Maybe because it said that uh, in the paper that he was adopted yes, and that his mother allowed her boyfriend to abuse him and that he was tied to a radiator and he had a bunch of broken bones. And I thought it was going to show like the radiator still there halfway, like, you know, and like just everything torn up that he was living in those same apartment that uh, like squalor and all oh, this yeah. everywhere and that he was just picturing a very neat cleaned up do you house. think that would have been too conventional or too cliche though no 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 i mean i've only i've only ever seen that maybe one or twice once or twice have you seen that often uh it seems like a trope that it, uh, that's been i don't know like i remember in secret window that movie secret window with johnny yeah. depp if you haven't seen it spoiler alert he has a similar thing where he has multiple personality disorder and at the you see that the cabin he's living in through most of the movie is all nice and tidy enough, but then it cuts to when he gets to reality. Ah, okay. It's all just you know disheveled and stuff. But but okay. So to clarify, okay. Joker does not have multiple personality disorder. No, he, he has a dissociative narcissistic disorder, I believe. That, that describes and it. I think it's similar to his mom's. It's similar to his mom's, but I think it comes from brain damage from the boyfriend beating him up. And a bit of like, I mean, how he was raised. It's a mix of everything. So that's the other thing. Is what they present. Yes. And that's the other thing. You can say, well, it came from this. It came from that. Which just makes it dynamic and it's like, it makes it deep. But while he's in the apartment, Zazie beats character's apartment. She's, you can hear her in the other room. He sits on the sofa and then she comes in and she's frightened to see him. And at first you think, oh, you know, she's like just surprised to see him. But then she says, what are you doing here? Or no, you're in the wrong apartment. And then you're like, wait, what? And then she says, your name's Arthur, right? Yep. Can I call anybody for you? Is your mom home? And you realize at that moment, this relationship is completely made up. And yeah. it does the flashbacks. You see, when he was interacting with her, he was alone. Yeah. Or the only time said, they ever really met was like once or twice in the elevator. In the elevator. Yeah. One time. Well, I'm sure he saw her around, but yeah. in, the, in terms of the scenes mm-hmm. we see in the movie... That first interaction is the only real one. I was just thinking it would have been an awesome time to start playing uh, that music uh, from the end of Fight Club. Uh, oh, no, the <laughs> Where Is My Mind. Where's my mind? Uh, but I just realized they don't have a lot of music in this movie, do they? Not that I until noticed. the end. Yeah. They oh, have solid the, point. Not until he becomes Joker, not right? Until he becomes Joker. Yes. The, the score in this movie that. is great because it's unnerving. Once he becomes Joker, you get to hear some more non-diegetic music. That's more that? popular music. Non-dynamic music. Like score mu- music that's not inside the world. You could say, though, ah. it's inside his head, maybe. You 100% could say that. What's that? What's the name of the song that they play? I know they play like a basketball games and like sports events. Is it We Will Rock You? No, no, no. When he's coming down the stairs. So you see images of him going up the stairs to his apartment complex earlier in the movie. And you see how much a struggle it is of him walking up this massive amount of stairs. After he's the Joker, he's coming down the stairs, 
completely as a joker, completely happy, but they're playing that song. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, you hear the song in sports. Uh, when they do sports events, I, I know mostly basketball. It was that one played by a Jimmy Glitter or something that Jimmy was Glitter. like super, uh, like he was a creeper. Oh, dang it. But that song, like, it seems so out of place, but so it fits so well at the same time. Yeah. And you see him dancing to that song, and you're like, because that's after the second violence scene, which where he kills his former coworker who gave him the gun uh, that he has, that the one that he used to they shoot the other They do sing Send in the Clowns. You do send in the clowns. Yeah. They do sing that song about Carnival, the clown, or whatever that is, briefly. My name is Carnival. That one. Yeah, my name is Carnival. And then at the very end, while the riots are going on, they play uh, "White Room" by Cream. Right, it's by yeah. Cream. Yeah, oh. it's such a that's such a perfect yeah. song. Rock and roll is what the song. Rock is and roll. Is while he's coming down, and it is by a guy named Gary Glitter who was arrested for child pornography because he turned in his computer to get fixed, and he had like shit tons of it. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, this is disturbing. I wonder how intentional that was. Look up what uh, Gary Glitter looks like. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard he, this guy's story. He dresses before. up yeah, literally. I yeah. Uh, so, get so. What were we talking? What, 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 we were talking about how music fits into the fits the into the world, and how it might have actually been. He might have been hearing that music. And it said his own anthem had begun playing. So there are some things that seem a Theory. little bit more plot convenience, like him being able to get into that Wayne Manor function, him getting close to the Wayne Manor. And you could always argue that didn't happen. What's your take? Do you do, do you? I know you have the theory. or you said. You have the I'll tell it at the end. I'll tell it at the end. Okay. Don't don't tell my fucking theory. I don't, I don't quite agree with you. I think. Oh what, yeah, yeah, it's a theory. I don't agree with it. It's just like, hey, do you think that? The way I see it is. What they tell you isn't real, isn't real, and what the rest of you see it, I take it literally. It's like, but you can take it any other way. Oh, so you're saying you take everything that basically, as they presented it, as they the presented most simple it, of the, what they present as real. I my take as my real. version is just if uh, Abraham Lincoln and George Washington met in real life, would they be friends? That's like what I was just saying. Just a cool thought, an exercise in mind, if you will. And any other it, things you, you want to hit uh, before you go fucking, with the theory? Oh wait, I did. Go ahead. That <laughs> that was intentional though. Um, oh, we, we did forget one murder though. Um, while he was running down the stairs, the cops finally do oh, yeah. the research. Have they're like, "Hey, bad man, we're gonna chase you now." They chase him into the subway, which is like you're like, of course they're gonna find him. He's wearing a a red suit and wearing clown makeup. Well, when he's running down into the subway, it's a bunch of protesters dressed up as clowns getting ready to go protesting somewhere it's full of them well whenever he runs in the cops running after him they're chasing him uh and uh through like the through, through the crowd inside cars. the train yeah. cart subway cart and he accidentally bumps into some guy who turns around punches the wrong guy it well, starts a minor fight oh okay that happens the guy thinks that someone else starts a punch one of the cops doesn't the cop shoot one of the clowns well, he pulls out his gun when he sees the Joker. He he sees Joker put on the mask, and he knows that that's him. So he pulls out his gun. He says, tells everybody to get away. But as he's moving his way to the Joker, some other guy just gets in his face, and they have a little scuffle. And I think it's just the gun goes off and shoots one of the protesters. And then the crowd turns on, on the, the policeman, and uh, they kill him. Or they imply they certainly imply no no they beat they don't show they beat him up. 
But did not on the show later they talk about they're in the hospital in critical condition. They're in the hospital in critical condition. Yeah, they didn't they die. They, they were, were okay. in the hospital in so critical condition. That had happened. And they were asking him the whole thing, like, oh, blah, blah, do, do you feel bad about it? And he's like, no. Oh, that whole interview scene, cringy bits and all. Masterpiece. Should be able to take that was, out and put it in the Criterion collection. I was so on edge both times I watched this movie at the very end when Joker's on, <laughs> he's on the Murray Franklin show. And he starts, like, you can tell, like, he's just fully in Joker mindset. Oh, yeah. Or he's be, he's definitely, you know what it's like? Uh, it's like uh, Goku. He's approaching Super Saiyan. He's yes. definitely tapping it a bit. He's definitely lending himself more into, like, ah, oh, just fuck these people. Just, like, and doing that that smile that people do when they're getting real crazy, real sad or on that they're at that he had that breaking point smile yes. where tears are coming out of his it's eyes so and his eyes are red. Cringy and awkward and horrifying. Yeah. And he has the way a whole he acted, speech. The way he did yeah. this thing kind of like with his shoulders and like he was kind of very, playing cute, very weird very, uh, like uh, marionettes. Like, yeah. Uh, this very is dainty movements that it's are really gonna sound like i don't know where i'm going with this but yeah i can't remember the name of the actor he was in willard and he was a screamy guy in charlie's angels crispin glover yes he played okay. marty mcfly's dad and back yes to the future, okay that's claim to fame so did you ever see look at some of the early interviews with him i think on conan or some other things letterman, and he, he, letterman he, on, he was very yeah he had those really strange he had strange clothes and he was acting yeah. really weird because he was high it reminded me a lot of that yeah 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 if you ever see any late night talk show where they do have awkward guests, it very much lent very itself much to that. that. It was like, do you, do you know uh, director Harmony Corinne? Directed Spring Breakers, Gummo. Oh, we've never met. Uh, <laughs> he 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 was a guy who wrote Kids. Oh, that movie Kids. I mean, I knew what Gummo was yeah. and Kids. So does he just not do normal shit? No, I mean he he's a kind of eccentric guy. But he went on Letterman three times, and it was very similar. The first interview was just kind of like playfully awkward, where you you kind of seemed like they were both you know on the same page. Second and third interview though, it's like David Letterman's like being a little too aggressively like uh, funny with him, and it gets really cringy and awkward. Look look those up. I'll send them to you on YouTube. But if any of the listeners want to look that up too. That's the kind of vibe. Can you post links on the thing? We can. Yeah, yeah, we'll post them up. Uh, we'll share them. Cringy, if you like cringe humor. The Crispin Glover interview, the uh, Harmony Corinne interview. Uh, Did you ever see, I think it was Letterman, and it was either Letterman or what was the guy with the, the suspenders? The uh, guy with suspenders. Uh, he, was, he had a slick back hair, big glasses. and uh, uh, Larry King. Larry King. One of those two, it might have been both, interviewing Lindsay Lohan and making her cry because it was like an almost like an interrogation, I've like way too this. intense. It's so cringy and sad. Oh, my God. It was the funniest, saddest wank I'd ever had. <laughs> oh, God. But no, it was like, uh, it was bad. It was pretty bad. Um, I've seen some other. Watch cringe interviews, man. Sometimes they're kind of, it makes your guts twist. I've seen some Larry, Larry King recent uh, interviews that are. They have cringy moments. The whole interview is not cringy, but it does have cringy moments when he asks certain questions. You know what? Uh, pretty much every uh, oh, name. So Howard Stern, every Howard Stern interview. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He does some legit ones, but, you know, he has a legit style. The reason yeah. he asks uh, for interviews, he asks intense questions to begin with. Because I said after that, everything else seems like it's he like he's oh, a great interviewer. I love those. Interviews. I never listen to a stuff. 
when I was younger, because I I don't know, I was expecting something I guess more out there. But as you know, recently I've been kind of diving back into his only saw him on E with his like live action stuff. Yeah, pretty and in, pretty entertaining. Weird though, weird seeing that it was a podcast before podcasts on TV. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he pioneered the whole podcast format Bye. that we are doing now here in our own home, in our own studio. It's not our home; we're in a studio. Um. So at the very end of Joker, they do have that awkward con- uh, interview. And the, uh, when when Joker's getting ready to go on to Mer- Merle Franklin's show, he uh, he says he has like a joke. He's like pretending in his own house, and he says knock knock, and he he mimes shooting himself. So you kind of get the idea that he might go onto the show and commit suicide, and live TV. He doesn't. He ends up shooting Murray Franklin through the head. Through the eye and the, the face. Eye. So, were you expecting Robert De Niro to die? Or were you expecting it to hundred percent like that. that way? Yeah, I saw it coming a mile away. Really? Well, here is my thought. Now, obviously, I'm being a bit pretentious about it because I'm a bit of a dick. But dick. before, while he was practicing, he was interrupted by uh, two of his ex-co-workers who came to offer their condolences for the death of his mother. And... In that moment, it turned out uh, one of the co-workers who came was actually more concerned about the police having come to their place of work. Yeah. The bigger guy. Yeah. In both. Every fucking thing he's in. He's big. Here's the thing. He's the one who, because uh, Arthur Fleck gets beat up at the very beginning of the movie, and Randall. I was going to cover it. Yeah, he gives him a gun. I'm doing it sequentially. You sure? You fucking sure? You asked me a question. I'm trying to answer. Okay, um, so he's concerned about the police coming by and asking questions about both of them. Now, the reason this is uh, uh, important is because earlier in the movie, like Roman was saying, after he'd been beaten up, he was given a gun by the character Randall. But it definitely implies that it's somehow he's it's not to his benefit because uh, the guy just comes off as a real dick. Um, later in the movie, after that event and before uh randall comes to ask about it it turns out that one of the reasons he was fired was not just because he'd carried the gun to work at a children's hospital for a gig but also randall had told people that he the joker had asked him randall about buying a gun a few months earlier clearly he wanted them sweet sweet hospital and sign gigs so he asks him, hey, man, I just wanted to see, make sure we got our, you know, your, our story's straight. Like, what did you tell the cops? And Joker's character, said, who had been playing with the gun, miming it to kill himself, he might have planned to kill himself if Randall had not shown up and pissed him off, thus forcing him to shoot Randall right in the fucking face. No, or he stabs there. him in the neck. Yeah, he stabbed him in scissors. the dick with the scissors in, in the, the neck and then in the parlor eye. with uh, Mr. Mustard and shit. And um, yeah, it was brutal, blood everywhere, and very, very one of the first honest laughs, laughs in the movie. Uh, the other coworker who'd come with them was um, a shorter person, a small uh, person, a small person. Um, and he said, "Hey, you were always nice to me. You could leave." So the guy goes to leave, but whenever they'd come in, the Joker had locked, or I think it might have been Randall locked the door. Was the top it latch? It's not even locked. It's latched. That little chain that goes to the top. Yeah. And he can't reach it. And he's like, oh, the poor guy. He's like, and Joker kind of is like, sorry. 
He goes and lets him out. And you think he's going to say something along the lines of maybe, don't tell nobody. Or, yeah, no, I but thought he says nothing. He just says, with him or even like hurt him or something. The way he lets him go still seems to strongly hint that he might be in a suicidal mood. In fact, a lot of it feels that he might be in self-destructive, but he wants to do it on TV. But there's just that edge about him having killed Randall and then him having watched that other the cop died and just like more and more death building up and him getting more and more comfortable with it and the way uh murray the uh, robert de niro's yeah, character murray was Proctor. confrontational with him i feel like if he'd left it alone i felt like he was edging himself towards i'm gonna just kill myself i'm gonna just kill myself but whenever he was challenged by randall and and the audience that he then decided you know what i'm gonna kill this guy so but to be fair i didn't i did have a feeling that he might die or get shot at least. I was ex- not expecting it to be that visceral. That way. And yeah. So it's intense. shocking. The violence in this movie is shocking. Even watching a second time, a lot of I it. jumped yeah. when it happened. Because there is so little of it that whenever it, there is any, it's very... Less more. Yeah. yeah. In the best possible way. I will say, I did think he was going to shoot into the audience. I really did. I thought he was... That's what I was expecting. But, him to do something with the audience. From the trailers, I thought the whole situation on the subway at the very end with the cops, I thought that was a joke of like planning a bomb or doing some kind yeah, of terrorist thing. That's what you, because that's something that they've done in the other movies. They but said it, Red Herring did. That's the thing with this movie. Joker doesn't have a grand plan. Nope. See, I didn't think they, about. Don't they have him say that too? Like, what's your plan? Was it like, hey, do I look like the kind of guy who has a plan? Well, that was the Christopher Nolan. <gasps> that's movies. right. So, but in this it was one, no, because he asked him, because since. All this unrest is happening in the city, and the people are protesting. They're wearing the clown masks and clown makeup. He goes on the Murray Franklin show in the full makeup, and they ask him, is this a political statement? He says, no, I'm not political. I don't believe in anything. So you get the fact that he's just doing it because... He's a nihilist. Yeah. He believes in nothing. He believes in nothing. But And, and I, I saw that... Whenever he starts getting challenged about it, saying yes. you're wearing this makeup to be like the protesters because you want to inspire them. And he says, no, I'm wearing this makeup because you called me a clown, a joker. Okay, a yeah. joker. And he said, that's why he that's wanted to be called to start it off with. He very much is just this will be the last guy because he called me a joker. And it's just a little bit of vengeance I can get out. Let me dress up like a joker. Let me show him what joker could do. Let me act like a silly and- little marionette. I think very similar with the King of Comedy, where in in that movie, Robert De Niro's character is expecting uh, Jerry Lewis's character to like embrace him and like idolize him and say how much of a genius he is. I think in this movie, in Joker, Arthur Fleck is expecting some paternal warmth from Murray Franklin, but he doesn't get it. Murray Franklin is also a bit of an a hole to him, uh, and judging him and like making fun of him. So, at that moment, and then when he's there, he's it in was front a, of the cameras. He says, "I killed those three guys," and he admits it. Well, I mean, he's straight up. The first hallucination that you clearly see as a hallucination is him imagining being in the audience at Murray's uh, show, yes. and he gets called out. And then at first, you think he's going to embarrass him, but instead, he empathizes with them, tells him to come down. And he even embraces him and says something like, you're the son I've always wanted or something. Because, yeah, because he says, uh, I live with my mom and the audience like kind of makes fun of him. But he says, my mom says that I'm here to bring, uh, to, to, to make people, 
happy. Put smiles to his faces to make him happy or something to that effect. Yeah. And everybody's and like, embraced. yay. And you can see, him. because he doesn't know this person, it was almost a safe way to empathize with the person who could never let him down because while reality might bump into him when the case of like the neighbor he was hallucinating about or anything else, he would never meet this guy. Yeah, it wasn't until he yeah. went out of his way to find some footage of him and shatter his illusion by breaking down like this guy's a joker. I don't like him at all that that broke enough of his brought enough reality <laughs> into him that it just destroyed him. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to meet this guy. Well, this, I told you the other day that uh, we're exchanging strange Words. dreams we had had. I didn't. And I said I, I had the dream about uh, Quentin Tarantino that I had met him and it was uh, found it very similar <laughs> awkwardly similar to this whole joker thing where it's like i had a dream that i went to a friend's house who was friends with quentin tarantino and like it was like a friendly conversation he was like oh like great to meet you but it'd be the same thing i don't think tarantino would give Dude. a rat's ass of who i was yeah, quentin tarantino doesn't give a fuck who anybody is <laughs> unless you're walking you know what let me let me let me let me open a doorway to possibilities for you it could and, you walk in wearing sandals yeah nails are clear-coated Freshly pedicured. You know what? Hey, uh, nice to meet you, Mr. Aguilar. Boom. Then a fatherly embrace. But it's the thing, even in King of Comedy, is very apparent in there where we want people who we deem important, whether they be actors or people on TV or, I don't know, whoever you idolize you want to get their warmth and affection or just like a thumbs Joseph's up outside a thumbs up from them um just because right i mean we we know that you know people are gonna be affectionate towards you or 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 you know give you credit for stuff that you do not just because it's expected you know we kind of want i don't know unrequited love and attention from important people without doing anything you know like that selfish kind of we all like imagining things i agree yeah. should i tie it up with my yeah theory shoot out your theory and then we'll tie tie it up just the, the words that you said just repeat it back to me i'm so happy you said all those extra words after i did anyway my thought is that it is postulated in several of the comic books that similar to deadpool joker has an ability called uh, fuck, what's it called? Hyper uh, awareness, or basically super reality. He is aware he's in a comic book and he can see everything from him. Super sanity, that's what it's called. And basically, he is aware that the world is bullshit. My theory is that the end of the movie isn't a flashback and it isn't the future. It is, in fact, the present. And everything he saw happening was he literally saw all of that shit happening. He literally, it was like, it was in his head. And he imagined it? No, no, no. Not that he imagined it. He could see that happening. He was like, that was that, his version that. of planning. <clears throat> like, uh, he basically could sort of see the future, but not really. It's just he knows how reality works. Other thought. Okay. He's hallucinating that. That's why it doesn't look like our Joker. It's what he would picture it as. My thought then is whenever you see the bloody, he kills, I'm assuming, or wounds the um, psychiatrist. psychiatrist. Yeah, he was talking to at the end. Walks out, bloody footprints, gets chased around the hospital, and thus... He kidnapped somebody he knew in the hospital. The lady, uh, Penny. Uh, Penny right? Fleck, his Penny mother. Penny Fleck. 
his mother, who was a another patient with them. They seem like they're not far enough away in age who he'd heard her story that she had a lost son who would have been about his age and says, I'll be this person. And that's why he gets jobs that pay cash only. Why he's looking at becoming a comedian and why he became a street clown because he doesn't have any type of uh, back past. So whenever he was, conf- uh, he had been told by her, I had a son. He died. Yada, yada. He's like, mom, I'm your boy. She's crazy enough. She, she could just stay at home. Role of her the, son. Exactly. And then presented later with, Hey, she actually was really bad to her son. He just absorbed it as I'm her son. This happened to me. I'm going to kill you. And that maybe her son really was Thomas Wayne's love child. Yeah. But like abused to death. Yeah. And he turns out to be like Clayface or some shit because he got beaten into mush. I don't fucking know. <laughs> that's my theory. That might have been more to it, but that's all theory. I remember. And he, you know what? what? This is the thing with this movie is you can take away whatever you want from it, I think. There's very different interpretations. And um, if you haven't seen The Joker, there's so much to talk about. If you haven't seen The Joker, we both recommend it. It's highly disturbing, highly unsettling, but in the best way that cinema can be. Um, any last words you want to share? Oh, certainly. Bye. Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode of Roman and Rhodes Sees the Day. Uh, next week's podcast, we should have a special guest on. Uh, follow us on Facebook and on Instagram. Just search Roman and Rhodes, and you'll see what we're cooking up for next week. Thank you for listening. Be worthy to yourself.